Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Greg Pickett. You're listening to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. I'm Craig Pickett. You can find more of these episodes on iTunes and Podbean, or just Google Aerospace Executive Podcast, and we'll show up. Um, The mission here is to have relevant conversations with industry and business leaders on a variety of topics, Um, suggestions, comments, questions, whatever. If you have an idea for a a new episode, reach out to me at 910-509-7129 or just send me a note, craig at northstaresg.com. Pretty soon you'll also be able to find these on our uh, new website, www.northstaresg.com, which will be uh, launching soon. Um, today, I'm here with, uh, with Tony Bailey. Um, Tony is a 30-year MRO veteran who is now working with the state of Ohio, multiple aerospace OEMs, and academic institutions to create a new MRO Center of Excellence. The, uh, the goal of the uh, MRO Center of Excellence is to train mechanics and engineers on the new technologies coming out of you know, GE, Boeing, uh, new composite, you know, technologies, et cetera, and um, help develop repairs that are efficient and affordable for ongoing use. Um, Tony, how are you? I'm doing well, Craig. Thank you very much. So tell us, uh, so tell me a little bit about your background. You've got a, a great background in MRO, started with the Marines. You've led yeah. a couple small companies in the space. Yeah. You're taking that to the... Uh, to the next level and working with, uh, with the state of Ohio. Tell us what you're doing with this, uh, with the MRO center of excellence. You know, it's, uh, my time in the, uh, MRO world, um, has brought me to the point where, you know, I had this realization that, you know, the sustainment of aircraft is always an afterthought, uh, in the industry. And so one of the things that, uh, was really important to me, uh, was that, uh, that we find a way to bridge the gap between, you know, the academic world uh, where we're bringing students and fresh engineers and technicians and mechanics and find a way uh, to, to put them right into industry with the latest and greatest technologies. You know, right now there's a huge gap uh, in, in between the manufacturing of aircraft and the technology that's used and the uh, sustainment of aircraft. So, for example, Engine Blisk. You know, Engine Blisk is a brand new technology that just came out uh, not too, too long ago. And the the legacy workforce that we had in the past, you know, 25 years ago, uh, the industry was full of a legacy workforce that had a lot of uh, tribal knowledge that could take and just repair or fix just about anything. Well, because of these new technologies like this, uh, that legacy workforce doesn't exist anymore. Right. Uh, it's a new technology. It's a new workforce, and it's a new demand to take in uh, in Torca. So we've created this or started this center of excellence, 
in order to bridge that gap. Well, you, you see it. I mean, you know, you, you think about like, well, okay, the Leap engine, you know, on the 737 MAX, which has been, you know, ad nauseum in the news lately. Um, you've got the, uh, uh, the gear turbofan coming out of Pratt & Whitney. You've got, you know, some of uh, the, you know, the GE90, you know, the, the Gen X engines on the 787. Definitely new technology. And then on the avionics side of the house, it's all, it's all becoming, as I understand it, open, to, open architecture. Um, so, so the world is, the world is definitely changing. Have the OEMs, as they've been developing this and the tier ones, tier twos, as they've been developing this, this technology, have they been doing it with the new airplane in mind or are they doing it with, Hey, what happens when these items break and developing common repairs, you know, or, or, you know, developing repair schemes with them, um, in conjunction with the development? You know, it's funny because there was such an environmental and economical push in the industry to create uh, aircraft that perform better, that are, you know, go farther uh, and are more economical to perform. So that what happened is it created such pressure on the OEMs that they literally manufactured and designed using every new technology that they could. So Engine Bliss, for example, replaces all the blades, you know, the loose-fitting blades that used to be in the engine and the compressor section. Well, they replaced it with a single uh, uh, part. And so that, that's great, and it's awesome, and it, uh, it actually, uh, you know, makes it more reliable, more economical. The problem is, is that when something happens to those, um, where they get damaged, they maybe get you know, sand damage or whatever, something goes through thought or whatever, uh, there's no way to repair them on wing uh, because the techniques to manufacture them using additive materials and, and you know, spray adhesion and all these other things can't be performed on wing. So now it's created this huge gap. If you look at it, uh, you know, Airbus and Boeing can't even keep up with their their manufacturing of aircraft because of the lack of engine parts. And, and part of it is due to things like this, like the Blisk, you know. So if we can find a way to uh, create technology that on this one item, you know, does an on-wing repair, and we also produce technicians and mechanics and engineers that know how to do it in the field, then we've made a huge dent uh, in that gap in the industry. So it, it looks to me, so Ohio is, the state of Ohio is playing a big, a big role in this. And then obviously there's a lot of, a lot of Ohio aerospace between, you know, GE Aviation in Cincinnati. You've got you know, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base up there. A lot of tier one, tier two suppliers, et cetera. So Ohio has taken a big, um, a big leap into this. Who else is with you? Um, you know, I'm assuming GE. Who on the economic yeah. side of the house? Oh yeah, we've got. Uh, you know, it's funny because we've been engaged with with literally a hundred or more different players in the, in the world. And uh, you know, if you look at it and you say, okay, uh, this applies not only to engines, but it applies to airframes and to avionics. And we have a whole lot of interest in in uh, you know, we've engaged with you know the likes of E Aviation and NASA and the Air Force uh, Research Laboratory, uh, UTC, uh, Boeing, Safran, Pratt, you know, Pratt and Whitney, uh, General Atomics, 
uh, airborne uh, maintenance and engineering services, as well as university partners. You know, we have University of Cincinnati, uh, which is, believe it or not, one of the leading uh, aerospace universities uh, in the world. And then you have the Ohio State University of Bowling Green State, uh, Kent State, Miami University, uh, Ohio University. And we've also, you know, engaged with uh, different research laboratories. So like the University of Dayton Research Laboratory and Wright State Research Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all coming together to form this group because there's such a huge demand in that, that realm. Who's taking the lead on it? Is it, is it, is it industry or is it academia? Uh, it's industry, kind of. Uh, so it's a group. So what happened is I sit on a... Uh, on a, uh, a board for the Ohio Aerospace and uh, Aviation Technology Committee. Mm-hmm. And I had brought this to them saying that this is a problem in our industry and you know it's one of the things that, uh, that we're looking into. And ironically, one of the members there uh, also knew of an organization here locally, which is a nonprofit called EWI, uh, which EWI is a research institute uh, and they were teaming up with GE Aviation, working on a on a project that was similar to this. And so, you know, obviously we started talking with them, and we started talking with the Ohio State Uni- uh, University, and everybody decided, yes, this is a push that we need. So now we've come together and formed a group that is pushing this ahead, and it also includes OAI, which is the Ohio Aerospace Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, in partnership with the academic members as well as uh, other uh, industry so you got organizations. A big, right so you got a big group of people you're i'm assuming you're you're attracting more oems pratt collins aerospace now safran you mentioned honeywell is honeywell coming on board too yeah they definitely have expressed some interest and uh you know as this evolves i think it's going to be more and more we've had interest from all over and it's growing quickly matter of fact uh we just had a conversation with the university of bordeaux out of france uh, who is interested in participating in this because there's such a need how about at the people level are you going into the high schools and teaching you know young kids that hey look aviation is cool and there's a career here are you going into the uh the colleges and the and the you know and the tech schools, community colleges. The the answer is yes to all of those. Yeah. Uh, so this has a STEM element, uh, which is part of the the STEM aerospace program, and which will help bring uh, high school students and help bring them into the process. And we're also working with universities and colleges, uh, specifically like OU, which has a A and P avionics school. And we're looking to bring them in their program and get it meshed in with the uh, program that's combined with engineering so that they, the students have a full gauge of what's happening, why it's being designed, and why it's being utilized. And then know the techniques on how to do it and to, uh, to continue that on. So when these mechanics go out in the field or go back out into the industry, uh, they already know about these emerging technologies and how to work on them. How are you finding, I mean, uh, so the, the big scream right now is a lack of hands-on people to fix airplanes. You know, AMPs, 
you know, getting, getting very, very, very hard to find, uh, good aerospace engineers getting very, very hard to find. How are you guys, uh, how are you working the people issue? You know, I think it's, I think it's contextual. And the reason I say that is I don't know that it's hard to find the people to do it. It's hard to find the qualified people to do it. Right. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, okay, the qualified people are, are may not exist, but people do. And if we can gain interest and gain that experience by using them uh, in an actual setting, similar to like a, a hospital would, or, you know, uh, the medical field, they take students uh, that are becoming doctors and that kind of stuff. And they actually put them in a practical environment uh, where they learn at these teaching hospitals. Right. Well, we're trying to do the same thing. We'll bring in mechanics and technicians and engineers and put them in a real world working environment uh, that's structured as well as on the cutting edge of the new technologies and innovations. So that when, when they leave that and they go into the industry, they're already qualified. They know how to do it. And they are much better uh, used to those companies that hire them. The other part of it is, is that when we're working with industry, the beauty of it is, is they will get to work with these engineers, mechanics, and technicians firsthand before they ever hire them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they get to basically try before they drive uh, the ones that are really qualified and the ones that make a good fit for their organization. So I take it, you know, just I'll just use GE as an example. So GE on wing support, you know, the... Uh, you know, with the technology, the new engines, you know, they've got to be a, they've got to be a huge driver in this whole thing. Hey, look, you know, we're designing these new engines and we're putting you know, now we're talking about ceramics and we're talking about, you know, uh, you know new age metals, etc. You know, let's put our mechanics in the same room with our engineers and we'll develop this all together with design and fixes in mind. It, Absolutely. It seems to me like there's a profit center in here for somebody. Is anybody, you know, it, this is all, I'm sure, a, you know, an industry roundtable is a nonprofit. Is any, you know, any private universities or private companies coming to you and saying, hey, look, let us take lead on this? No, you know, uh, and we're really not open to that. Uh, the idea is to take this and to make it to where the IP that's developed, the intellectual property that's developed, and the people that are developed, are open to the industry. You know, I, certainly there's a way to make money on it, and certainly uh, that would be, you know, attractive to a lot of companies and organizations. But for the betterment of our industry, we need to find a way that we can all share in the success of it. What does success look like? I mean, if 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 the if if your group yeah were to to wrap up and they say, hey, look, what's our mission statement is X, and success looks like Y. You know, what is, you know, what do you really think that success looks like? Yeah, if I was looking at it from the outside, to me, total success uh, would be to where we're taking new, talented people coming in from, you know, the academic world or from the field or even from the military and putting them in an environment to where they're learning with uh, all of these uh, practicing companies and they're learning the newest technologies. And when they walk out, they all have jobs that contribute to the industry. Uh, and the industry itself, from the sustainment of aircraft, is no longer in this lag mm-hmm. uh, behind the manufacturing element. So to me, that would be the perfect scenario where we're creating 
and certifying mechanics and technicians and engineers to work on the newest and latest, and they walk right into the industry and become a contributor to the success. So the, 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 the proverbial rising tide lifts all boats. Now, Ohio, you're in Ohio, and Ohio's got a big interest in this. I know yeah. South Carolina with you know, Boeing down there, they've, they've taken some big ridden roads into you know, the development of their aerospace industry. Are other states coming on board and actively, are you guys actively reaching out? I know Michigan's got a aerospace advisory board up there. Are, 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 are there yeah. other states coming together with you? Are there little fiefdoms or? Oh yeah, we're definitely uh, actively engaged with different states. You know, uh, Colorado and New York uh, are just two of them. Uh, but we're, we're expanding as we go. The one thing that we, you know, this is a, it turned out to be a lot bigger issue than I originally anticipated. And so it's kind of like drinking water from a fire hydrant. Uh, everybody wants to get on board and now we're trying to do it in such a structured way uh, that we make sure we accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. What's the biggest struggle the center of excellence needs to overcome? The biggest challenge? You know, like with anything, uh, funding is part of it. Uh, because this isn't uh, funded by one group making a profit off of it, uh, it's funded by the membership organizations. So, you know, we have universities that are contributing in, in kind uh, with resources and, and equipment, that kind of stuff. And we have industry that's contributing with uh, expertise and some money. We also, are, you know, reply, uh, relying on some uh, government funding. Uh, as well as some of the other programs. So funding is the biggest part of it. Uh, you know, the rest of it is coming together pretty nicely. Uh, we already have some projects, you know, that are that are highly attractive. Uh, some of these these industry uh, engagements that we have, like Safran and those, have come back and said, hey, you know, uh, we're interested in, in a methodology to add material to bearing liners uh, using additive manufacturing technology. That would be attractive to us. Uh, predictive technology for power diodes and bearing sensors. Uh, maybe an automated inspection landing gear. Uh, another big one is, you know, legacy avionics systems. Uh, we need to find a way to pull ahead these legacy avionics systems uh, for next gen and single European sky compliance. Uh, especially for the military because they're lagging so far behind. So there's been all kinds of interest in that and virtual learning and desktop simulation based, uh, you know, I mean, augmented reality type training, uh, UAVs, UASs, PAVs, uh, and MRO processes for that. So there's a, a wide range of, of MRO specific technologies that can be developed to help uh, all of these companies and the industry in general. Right, I got you. So how do people learn more about the uh, the Center of Excellence? Well, they can call me. Uh, so they can call me uh, at my phone at 614-702-9200, or they can email me at T-B-A-I-L-E-Y, at sign, mono, M-A-O-N-O-L-L-C.com. Is there any information uh, online about the uh, the Center of Excellence and and uh, what's you know what's happening? Website we actually, yeah, we actually have uh, a, a website and it's still in work a little bit, but uh, it is www. 
A-M-R-O, centerofexcellence.org. Awesome. Hey, Tony, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on and telling us about this. It's uh, definitely, uh, I, know, I know there's a lot of concern in the industry right now about, like you said, not just the number of technicians, but qualified technicians for tomorrow's technology. So thanks for coming on board. Yeah. Talking to us. Well, thanks, Craig. I sure appreciate it. You've been listening to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Again, you can download these on iTunes and Podbean. They're also found on YouTube as well. Just Google Aerospace Executive Podcast. I'm Craig Pickin. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, um, give me a call, 910-509-7129, or email me, craig at northstaresg.com. Love to hear from you, and uh, thank you for listening.